Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. With that said, on with the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. The day was June 18, 1908. The ship Casato Maru arrived in the port of Santos, south of Sao Paulo, Brazil. The ship was carrying the first Japanese immigrants to come to Brazil. 781 Japanese passengers took the trip from the port of Kobe to the port of Santos to work at coffee plantations, as the Japanese government had been promoting immigration as a way to solve social and economic issues. There were Japanese individuals who migrated to Brazil before the Casato Maru's arrival. But this day is considered the official beginning of Japanese mass immigration to Brazil. From the 17th century to the 19th century, Japan operated under a seclusion policy enacted by the Tokugawa shogunate that kept it isolated from the rest of the world. This period was called Sakoku, which can be translated as closed country. During this period, Japan restricted trade and relations with other countries. Most foreign nationals were not allowed to enter Japan, and Japanese people were not allowed to leave the country without a license, with harsh punishments if they did do so. Some of the goals of Sakoku were to cut off Western colonial and religious influences, to control commerce, and to strengthen Tokugawa authority in Japan and East Asia. Japan was not completely shut off from the world during these 200-plus years. The Dutch, Chinese, and Koreans had access to Japan, and Nagasaki was prominent as one of Japan's international cities at the time. But the isolation policy ended in the 1850s, when the country was pressured to sign treaties restoring diplomatic relations with the United States and other countries. Once Japan opened its doors, Japanese people began migrating abroad. In 1868, more than 100 Japanese people went to Hawaii to work on sugarcane plantations. Others went to work on farms in Guam. But conditions and treatment of the Japanese were poor in foreign countries, and the recruitment and transport of the Japanese contract laborers was not authorized by the Meiji government. The government banned people from immigrating out of the country for the next two decades. But in 1885, after Japan and Hawaii entered an agreement, Japanese people began leaving in droves to Hawaii, Thursday Island, New Caledonia, Australia, Fiji, and other South Pacific locations under labor contracts. The plan was for them to return to Japan with money after a few years. Japanese people also began immigrating to Latin America and North America, though later policies restricted Japanese immigration to the U.S. and Canada. As anti-Japanese sentiment rose in North America and Australia, the Japanese began looking to South America. Impoverished farmers were facing rapid industrialization in Japan, while Brazil needed more cheap labor on plantations. Japan encouraged immigration to South America as a way to deal with poverty, food shortages, and overpopulation. On April 28, 1908, the Kasato Maru left the port of Kobe carrying hundreds of Japanese immigrants who hoped to earn a lot of money and take it back to their families. 
and on June 18th, the ship reached the Santus port. Most of the people on the ship were farmers from 14 prefectures, including Okinawa, Kagoshima, and Kumamoto. Besides the 781 migrants who were set to work at coffee plantations, 10 of the passengers on board were traveling without contracts. The laborers were sent to work on several different farms. Many owners provided the Japanese laborers with housing, clothing, and food. But wages were low, and living and working conditions were poor. Some migrants left the farms to work other jobs, while others started their own plantations. Japanese communities formed in the country. From 1908 until the beginning of the Pacific War in 1951, nearly 189,000 Japanese people migrated to Brazil. The overwhelming majority of those people are estimated not to have returned to Japan. From 1953 to 1973, tens of thousands more Japanese people moved to Brazil. Today, Brazil is home to the largest population of Japanese people outside of Japan. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments to tell us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. I have a new show called Unpopular. It's about people in the past who challenged the status quo and were sometimes persecuted for it. You can listen anywhere you listen to This Day in History class. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast that really believes in the saying, you learn something new every day. The day was June 18, 1178. Just after sunset, several monks from Canterbury reportedly saw the moon split into two and explode into flames. This happened on June 18th on the Julian calendar, but took place on June 25th when going by the Gregorian calendar. English chronicler Gervais wrote about the event. According to translations, Gervais said the following, Now there was a bright new moon, and as usual in that phase, its horns were tilted toward the east, and suddenly the upper horn split in two. From the midpoint of this division, a flaming torch sprang up, spewing out over a considerable distance, fire, hot coals, and sparks. Gervais went on to say that the, quote, moon throbbed like a wounded snake, and that the phenomenon happened a dozen or more times. In 1976, planetary geologist Jack B. Hartung's paper about the 1178 observation was published. In the paper, Hartung said that the event was likely not just a product of someone's imagination. He suggested that the phenomenon could have occurred because of cloud layers or turbulence in the Earth's atmosphere. He also suggested that a meteoroid could have been along the line of sight to the moon. But his best guess was that the description was consistent with an impact on the lunar surface. He acknowledged that the probability of such a lunar impact happening during recorded history was small. Based on the location and size of the event, he concluded that the supposed impact observed that day formed the crater Giordano Bruno, which was named after an Italian philosopher and friar. The crater is about 14 miles or 22 kilometers in diameter. 
It's on the far side of the moon and is one of the youngest large craters on the lunar surface. But the idea that the crater was formed in medieval times is not universally accepted. A study released in 2001 suggested that the event people witnessed in 1178 was not the impact that created Giordano Bruno. It said that this kind of impact would cause a week-long meteor storm on Earth, but there is no evidence that such a storm occurred. Other researchers have suggested that the crater formed more than a million years ago. And as far as what the monks actually saw, modern theories posit that a meteor exploded as it passed in front of the moon. Only the monks would have been able to see the event from their specific location on Earth. There's still debate over the true formation age of Giordano Bruno. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. If you prefer to hit us up on social media, leave us a note at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.